We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory It's a live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partners in Possible here at KC Sports Network. So appreciative of all they've done to support us. We love uh, talking about them and their wonderful work. I am here with my dear friend, Craig Stouts. Craig, hello. How are we? Hello. It's Hat Crew Day. Uh, I guess. Matt, Maddie Lane. Is unable to be here right now. He's wrangling goats or chickens or cows or who the hell knows what he's even got on that farm anymore. I just know that it's not pigs. Still angry at you, Maddie. But yeah, could be Kent and I hanging out, having a good time. So as mentioned and the one that we did last week, prepare thyself for an hour plus of Chiefs takes from the two of us. How long did you guys go on Thursday? Okay, Maddie actually saw the timer ticking and tried to time it and hit it right on the dot for an hour, and he came up just short. Like, he he really did. Like, he noticed what it was, and he went, oh, hell, we got to get out of here. So, yeah. I don't know what it is about this show, but what it's... By the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I, oh, yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, no. The, you already know. I, I, I was too busy to, to be... Yeah, yeah, you were on vacation. Yes. Yeah, and I, uh, I definitely, I, I found enough time to download Succession and watch it on my flight. Uh, so there was that. But uh, yeah, no. Anytime it's like the, t- anytime it's two of us, it just winds up going an hour. And I don't know. It's like we all kind of know. I think there's like a rhythm with us three where we know like when to cut our takes off and all that stuff. And then when it's two of us, we just ah, oh, there's there's only two of us today. Let's just throw everything up against you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for today, though. I'm excited to be back. I, uh, I miss doing a show. It's fun to do a little, you know, it's fun to do a little, little two-man show here today. Um, please feel free to, to leave a five-star review. Those always help. 
Uh, I know we talk about hitting the like and the subscribe button. You can do that as well. You can also take a drink, Craig Stout. But please feel free to uh, to leave five-star reviews. Those those help us grow KC Sports Network. Um, helps more Chiefs fans find us in the audio space as well. So that's always uh, always very much welcome. Um, OTAs begin today in earnest, which is really awesome. Uh, there's going to be so many little things to be overreacting to, to be paying attention to, and we are going to overanalyze every single one of those things. We're going to talk about some of the things we want to pay attention to as these OTAs kind of get going and, and some of the you know context clues you might be able to pull out of OTAs because there's not going to be like a ton of different things that you're going to be able to just over you know overreact to too much but there's definitely going to be some things and some moments that are going to perk your ears up i mean you think about you know when when did creed humphrey didn't creed humphrey kind of start getting some look with the ones during OTAs if i remember correctly i think maybe he was sorted in just a little bit here and there but i don't think he was like the full time locked in yes i i would agree i think i think he did start getting a few looks with the ones you got to start paying attention just to you know uh, just whatever little nuggets you can possibly get and some of the things that might wind up leaking out of here before we get into that though i was thinking today which is always just scary. Uh, Wyoder, Wyoder talks. He, he says Justin Ross season. Uh, we, we, actually, we actually might this this might be a good forum for us to talk a little bit about Justin Ross if we're being honest. We don't we don't spend as much time as other people do on on Justin Ross. But I was thinking today. I and I, I guess I kind of want to ask you this first. Did you have like so? When I was looking at next this this last season, right, uh, that you know, oh, the Chiefs messed around and won a Super Bowl, and we kind of joke about it messing around and w- winning the Super Bowl because I don't want to say my expectations for last season were lower than they've been. The way in the lens in which I looked at last year's team was different. I knew the expectations were still high. I knew they had a chance to continue to have the kind of success that they've had. It was just going to be different because they were saying we're going to hit the reset button we're going to trade Tyreek Hill we're going to um we're going to retool this team on the fly we're going to change some things up about how we do business here we're going to get a big giant draft class with two first round picks loaded up on draft capital and a good draft and we just kind of said, okay, we're going to have some, we're going to change our expectations. We're not going to get as high or low. We're going to, um, not, I don't know if grace is the right word, but just understand that maybe the expectations or, or how we view this team should be a little different because there is more volatility and it's a different kind of team than in the past. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was definitely building for the future. That's what the goal was. It, it was getting a little bit younger, building towards the future, taking a few more swings having a few more cost control guys. And yes, maybe the expectations were still, hey, with Patrick Mahomes, I, and I'm on board with this line of thinking, with Patrick Mahomes, the expectation is always Super Bowl because, well, that that man is that guy. But I don't think for the first time maybe since 2018, maybe you, you, you weren't going to be sad. Like, if the Chiefs made it to the AFC Championship game and they lost against the Bengals, and yeah, that would have been frustrating, would have given us plenty to talk about in this offseason, where to go, things like that. I don't think that long-term we would have been sitting here going, oh, man, this sucks. Like, that was a complete failure of a season or anything like that. It would have been, 
hey, good attempt in a rebuilding year. We like where it is. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that, Kent. The expectations maybe weren't, it, it didn't change, but I think the the severity with how everybody would have reacted to the outcome would have been a lot less if they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. You understood it was a a build towards a more sustainable model in the next wave of Patrick Mahomes' career, right? Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, in a in a retooling year, right? How how do we feel about this upcoming season? How do we feel about like are are we are we going to have a skewed perception now of of everything? Are we going to show that kind of patience and grace as this group continues to kind of adjust and build and grow and develop and Hey, you know, we're they're going to go into the season with less established receivers like they went in with a less established, you know, defense last season. You know, they're doing some of the same things in a different kind of way. I just kind of wonder like I know how I know how like we, we see the p- potential pain points for this team, but it, they're they're doing the same thing in some ways. You know, they didn't go in I mean they don't have a, a a a dominant wide receiver. You know, they're spreading it around. They've continued to load up on the defensive side of the football with young talent. Like, I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm trying to understand and balance what we just saw happen versus what we expected coming into the season and if we should feel those kind of same emotions heading into this season. I mean, and Maddie and I talked just very kind of briefly about this last Thursday. So I should have listened. No, I <laughs> I won't get too far into it. And I, you know, I don't want to. I want to let you kind of go off on that a little bit. But basically, it's it's gravy right now. This is. I think I even used the term house money by mm. last year because they did go ahead and win. They did go ahead and pull that off. They did go ahead get over the finish line, get that second ring that is elusive to so many quarterbacks, teams, when they're rebuilding, when they're going through. I, I mean, this is essentially a dynasty now. This team just mm-hmm. makes the AFC Championship game. They they win multiple Super Bowls. They participated in three. Like, that's what the expectation is. And so, if falling short of that multiple different years, maybe... You know, my expectations would change. Maybe my attitude towards this team has changed. But as somebody that was born when I was born, not in the 60s like y'all like to say, but, you know, when when Todd Blackledge was drafted, I went through a lot of really bad teams, a lot of really terrible teams, a lot of missing the playoffs, a lot of not winning any playoff games. So getting that second ring... I, there is so much runway and so much grace that I am willing to give this team. Sure, I'll, I'm nitpick on roster construction, stuff like that. That's the way my brain works. But at the end of the season, if they don't win this next season, they don't go all the way and win the Super Bowl, I'm probably not sitting here pounding the table, calling for major changes, anything like that. It's just going to be like, hey, listen, winning is hard. Winning Super Bowls is really hard, contrary to what this team has been doing lately. Getting the spot in the season every season is very difficult. So yes, I'm going to give them plenty of grace. I and I think that's kind of where I'm I'm at. And like I think as you step away from the season, going into the off season, and, and looking at the, looking at the draft, for instance, 
it's not a draft where I, I think this is a draft that you can afford a little bit more patience because of what we just got done talking about. You know, we just got kind of ton, done talking about like, hey, look, uh, expectations aren't lower. They're just you've got to have some level of realism. You've got to stay grounded with the realities of the National Football League. And you've got to make good decisions to continue to sustain success. And I think we we've got to. I think as Chiefs fans, we need to balance taking, um, you know, taking some of this for granted. How easy this team has made some of these transitions look already with Tyreek Hill. Too easy, Way. right? Yeah, trade away a, a top three wide receiver and do what they did on offense. You don't. It doesn't happen. Brett yeah. Veach hoisting a trophy up. Saying this is what a rebuild looks like in KC, right? Like, it's. It, I think it's. It's hard to balance the. It's hard to balance all of those expectations, and just the reality of the league. And so, like, I. I think the farther we get away from the draft and the off season, it's this team's going to be good because this team is always going to be good with Patrick Mahomes. There are definitely some fatal flaws. Like, honestly, we got to be more realistic about every other team having these fatal flaws. And this is a team that has shown and proven the ability to develop players at a high level. This is a team that has um, been able to draft and find success in day three. And there's no reason to not expect some of that to happen more consistently than in other places around the league. So I am, I, I don't know. I, I think this was just a moment of like, as we, as the season settles down, you get a little bit more clarity. And it was something I was just thinking about a little bit today about, you know, just just the outlook on this year before we get into some of this, you know, this offseason projection, all that stuff. We know that we're going to continue to talk about the things that are going to keep this team from winning the Super Bowl, in our opinion. That's what we've done for five, six years here doing doing this podcast, but also just trying to be grounded in the reality of, you know, th- there's got there needs to be some patience and, and some, you know, some uh, some so it just needs to be patience. There needs to be an understanding. They want to. And, and they've won two lately, man. Exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back to talk OTAs right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out, listening, uh, wherever you're consuming KC Sports Network. We genuinely appreciate it. Hey, quick reminder, we do have an app that's going to give you easy access to all the content, cleanly organized and sorted by every sport. Um, you can find the articles, the videos, the podcasts, all that sweet, sweet content uh, in a very organized fashion in the KC Sports Network app. You can find it on Android and Apple. Uh, let's talk about OTAs, though. They're they're opening up this week. Team Players are back in the facility. You're getting those pictures of the team in helmets and, you know, shorts. It's exciting. I don't care. I it, Look, I just, I, I, I want to know what alignment Drew Tranquil was on that very obvious interception that a photo was taken of. I think it was Blaine Gabbert, just, just context cluing. I think it might have been Blaine Gabbert, or was it Shane Bush? Did Shane Bush still have the armband? Uh oh, I don't know. See, I it looked like now there was I, a you might be right. Uh-huh. I thought it was Blaine. I thought it was Blaine Gabbert. I have to go back and look at that Shane Bouchelle. Yeah. But there's still storylines that you're I I'm paying attention to about, you know, for 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 the for the for the OTAs. And I will start with this one because this is a perfect time. We're talking about OTAs. We're talking about kind of just like the 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 gassed up, you know, not a ton of reason to be excited because we don't have a ton of visibility on OTAs. We don't spend very much time on this show talking about Justin Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but if but the team has never been shy of the team's never been shy of like gassing up Justin Ross the last couple of years, and we had a third round grade on on Justin Ross based on his last tape in right. college football. And not, put, not, the, not the freshman tape. Not no, the freshman tape. Is, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just so curious to see if the ascent of just Justin Ross is real. I'm curious to see if this team continues to go out of their way to, pro, you know, kind of promote this kid. Because the talent has never been the question. It's been health. He was obviously, he missed the entirety of his first season in Kansas City. This is still a young kid. This is still an uber-talented kid. This is a kid that can play that X receiver spot for you. I, it's, worth, it's worth seeing how much gas Justin Ross gets during the offseason. Because that could get me really excited for training camp if they continue. Oh, especially when you throw the gas that they put on the fire also on the fire from last season. Uh, the the Chiefs social team, which, again, is a separate being from the Chiefs coaching staff, front office, whatever. You know, it is what There's it still, is. still some barriers of there, other. Yes. Yeah. You, listen to BJ talk about it sometime. Not that he was working directly on the social team, but he worked with a lot of those people. He can tell you, you know. Sometimes there is a, hey, don't talk about that guy. We're trying to stash him somewhere. Please do not blow that man up for any reason. So, I, I mean, you see those sorts of things. Um, however, the Justin Ross love last year was massive. Like, it was 
constant that they were they were putting all of his highlights out there. They were ta- having Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of lump praise upon him at about every turn. It wasn't what we've come to know as kind of those guys that are camp superstars that then maybe fade a little bit and don't get to do some of the things that, you know, we, we hope that they do when it comes time for the regular season. Justin Ross was different. And the only reason we weren't talking about Justin Ross last season is once again, health had a foot injury, decided to go ahead and get it cleaned up, was put on IR before the season, which meant that he could not return during the season. They said, okay, we are red shirting you. That is definitely something we're going to do. A young player with all kinds of talent that doesn't need to go through the rigors of an entire season and have to be in practice every day, have to be taking hits every day, even as a practice squad or whatever it was that they were going to do with him. That was going to potentially set him back from a health standpoint. The Chiefs very obviously said, let's fix this foot. You rest. You get healthy. We have longer-term plans for you if you can come back with a force this next year and come into the team. There is a spot for Justin Ross on this roster. I know we talk a lot about how the bottom of the roster, those are special teamers for wide receivers and things like that. Justin Ross not going to be a big special teams guy. So it's going to win this spot based on his wide receiver play alone. There's not a whole bunch of obstacles in his way right now for him to make the team if he shows up healthy and performs at the level that he was performing in you know, OTAs and everything last year. If he shows up, you start seeing them kind of really you know take him to the sky with all the social media coverage and everything like that. You can realistically start getting hyped about this guy because they don't do it two years in a row. It has to happen that you know they they have expectations if they are doing it two years in a row. So I I don't see that there's a way around it. If Justin Ross is catching that kind of heat again, then it I think that there's something real there. And not that these guys are going to play position for position matches, but. The answer for, well, Justin Ross probably isn't playing special teams is Justin Watson playing more special teams. Sure. You know, like he's a guy that has before. So I think from a roster construction, you can make Justin Ross make a ton of sense. But 6'4", 210 pounds, still only 23 years old, can play that X position for you, has a year under his belt here in Kansas City. I mean, he's a guy that can kind of help change the landscape. They don't have that guy. Really, I know Rasheed Rice is a bigger guy, and he's going to probably play some X. But Rasheed, it's a a rookie though. Give him, give him runway. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Rasheed Rice has a little bit more position flex than Justin Ross does. So, like, I think you can move him inside a little bit. I think you can do a lot of different things, you know, with Rasheed Rice to find opportunities for him uh, to to get in on the mix. So, I'm just paying attention to John Ross or uh, Justin Ross. I think there's a you know, I, I well, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not paying attention to John Ross. Did you, no, I, I'm sorry. It, I, it's, it's Corey Coleman, season two. <laughs> uh, but no, Justin Ross, I, I, I think that's, that's a guy that I'm really, really excited. And I, you don't, I, I don't think we on the outside look at banking on him as being a guy that's a, a dude, but a, him becoming a dude is a game changer for you yeah as a as a as a football team because that's one of those lottery tickets that you just continue to grab 
the Chiefs have kind of done this before in the past to varying levels of success, but they've been willing to find ways to redshirt guys like Darius Harris and Tim Ward yeah. and grab guys. And whether or not they played significant amounts of time, they've been able to grab under undrafted free agent types, sit them a year and get them into the system and then find opportunities for them to, to see some playing time for this team. I think Justin Ross is on that same track, potentially very excited to see uh, if the gas continues to be, to be placed on the Justin Ross fire offensive line. Hmm. I think offensive line is is probably going to be the one that people are going to pay attention to. And I think we are going to have a exhaustive summer of people either clamoring for a young Wanye Morris to to get involved into the mix to um you know to shake up the Donovan Smith or people are going to be freaking out about the Donovan Smith situation at the left tackle position. I think that's probably going to be one of those storylines that we're going to get really annoyed with all summer. Uh, unless uh, whether or not things change at all, I think we're going to get like, I think we're going to have like, just, it's going to be exhausting. So I think the rotation along the offensive line, if it changes in any way, shape or form specifically, I think the one to watch, I don't think it's Lucas Niang. We've talked about, I think me and Tucker, when we were talking about it in 21 questions, I don't think what is happening along the chiefs offensive line is about Wanye. I think it's about Lucas Niang. And a lack of confidence in Lucas Niang. I'll say it. I don't think there's. I don't think there's confidence in Lucas Niang. Uh, if Wanye Morris emerges at some point during OTAs as starting to get some opportunities with the ones, that is 100% worth paying attention to because I think he's the guy that can kind of change the order of that of that tackle position, that tackle situation. I don't think it's going to be Lucas Niang. I think it's Wanye Morris and whether or not he can kind of jump in, kind of create some some chaos within the mix of the tackle position. I do think Lucas Niang, and I don't want to discount, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I don't want to discount him as a potential piece on this offensive line. I think if Lucas Niang is lining up right tackle to start, that's not necessarily a, woe is me, things are terrible, blah, 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 blah. No, it's not the case. I can see a scenario, and again, we've talked plenty about where is Donovan Smith going to play, where is Juwan Taylor going to play, Again, we'll get into all of that throughout as we get more information. But let's say those two guys are on the left side, giving Lucas Niang those first team reps with Andy Heck, who you know, Lucas Niang knows what he's doing in an Andy Heck system. This is not a guy that he's having to learn how to do anything new to play for Andy Heck on this offensive line. Conversely, Wanye Morris does. There's a lot of stuff that he's going to have to pick up and adapt to in order to get that playing time. So if you see Wanye Morris getting those repetitions early as like a one or even a two at that right tackle position, I think that speaks very highly about what he's been able to grasp already. Because yes, they're not putting pads on, they're not hitting each other, they're not really striking or anything like that. That doesn't mean they're not working drills. They're, they're working a lot of footwork drills that... Spoiler alert, the series is coming out this week, starting tomorrow on KCSN Daily. If you are listening live right now, or if you're listening to this on the Tuesday that it drops, go to the KCSN Substack. That's KCSN Daily. We're talking Andy Heck. We are talking about techniques. We are talking about how he likes players to play. There is so much work that gets done in OTAs from a drill perspective. He is definitely a guy that subscribes to, we drill 
exactly the way that we play. He, when he pulls guys off the field, when they come off after, you know, a third down or something like that, what happens? He goes to guys and he says, okay, you did this. Why did you do that? What drill did that come down to? He wants to build that muscle memory. That starts in OTAs. So if he's picking it up and he is doing a lot of this stuff immediately, then that is very positive for Wanye Morris because it means that Andy Heck likes what he's seeing so far. He has not had any problem playing a young player early in this. Look at Creed Humphrey. Look at Trey Smith. Those guys got to play early. He is very comfortable with those guys if they can execute the ask. So if he's picking it up early in OTAs, that is an extremely positive sign for his outlook going forward. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more OTA storylines right after this. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Please feel free to hit the like button. Please feel free to hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody that is supporting KC Sports Network with your listens, your watches, your likes, your subscribes, your comments, your five-star reviews. All that is beneficial to us here at KC Sports Network. So OTAs are worth paying attention to for a lot of reasons. And I, 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 we're going to roll our eyes and all that stuff. But here's where I think you start perking your ears a little bit. We talk about gassing some of these players up. There are well-connected people throughout the national landscape and media that have been unafraid to hype up players that the Chiefs get their hands on early in the summer and realize, oh, he's a dude. Oh, he might help this team more than you realize. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco was starting to get some gas this time of year during the OTAs. I think Justin Ross was getting some of that national love too as someone to pay attention to. I'm just saying, you might turn Lewis Riddick's notifications on. <laughs> like, I think it's worth paying attention to if there's young guys getting buzzed. And like, I think there's some candidates both, you know, as I think there's candidates like in the rookie class. I think there's some candidates in the undrafted free agency class that you could kind of see like, hey, and, and I think a lot of it comes with some of these day three guys. Like, hey, you know, they're, they're going to have expectations for a, Felix, Andy, DK, Uzama, and Arishi Rice. But we're going to get a tweet sometime, potentially, from Lewis Riddick that's going to say, hey, watch out for Daenerys Prince, that undrafted free agent running back out of Tulsa. He's going to turn some heads. Like, you're going to see you're gonna see a tweet like that, and it might actually be about Daenerys Prince. Like, I think that's the, the clubhouse leader. But you're going to get a few, you're going to get a few guys like that that are that you're going to start seeing some buzz and it's worth paying attention to because that hit it's happened in the past like it's been noteworthy players in the past that some of this sizzle is hit from yeah i we can ask a super awesome executive producer jordan foot how he feels about isaiah pacheco hype last last offseason he loved it it was his favorite thing that happened yeah jordan, I, yeah yeah i'm sure you hate it but how did it go yeah it went pretty well it went pretty well no um i I think that we'll see a lot of that for some of this. It's going to be a little tougher because I do think there are some fairly defined roles already on this team. So finding guys that that hype is going to come from is going to have to come from high IQ, uh, picking things up quickly, like we mentioned with Wanye Morris. 
my guy, if I'm really targeting, we, we saw maybe a little bit of it today, is Drew Tranquil. Like, I could see Lewis Riddick being like, hey, listen, this team loves Drew Tranquil. They love what he's bringing to the building. They love the, you know, the, the IQ, the intensity, the coverage skills, all of that stuff. There's a little bit of Drew Tranquil hype already. Like this chief social team's been been pushing him a little bit. And it's not just because he's he's wearing an elite number. It, it, seriously, love, love a 20 in, in, for a linebacker. That is like that's fantastic. So I I do think that he's one of the guys that I'm really looking at a little bit that we'll know early. Like Steve Spagnuolo is going to know that he's got a bunch of packages for that guy to be on the field and really contribute in a big way. Daenerys Prince is one of those guys as well that I could see maybe that happening. I can see maybe a Shamari Connor just because they, you know, they, we know that he's got a ton of versatility. We don't know where the team sees him fitting exactly yet. Is that going to be slot? Is that going to be safety? Is it going to be a little bit of everything? And if it is, we'll probably hear that from a guy like Lewis Riddick. I think those are kind of the guys that we're going to hear about. I don't expect that we're going to hear like, hey, Keandre Coburn looks great out there. But don't worry about that because Keandre Coburn's job is to eat blocks and and be physical on the inside. This is not the time for that. We're going to be seeing it more from the you know perspective of football IQ, how they're picking stuff up versus somebody that's going to be a rock in the middle of the field. So don't worry if you don't hear his name a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I, I, I think there's some positions it's a little trickier to try to figure some of that stuff out too. Like you just need the pads to come on. You got to get some people excited, you know? Yeah. I, I think there's there's some blind spots to some of that buzz, but you still got to pay attention. Like I think if some of these young guys are really picking it up in the skill position area, I think you're going to see, you know, you'll you'll see a little bit of sizzle. I, the other Isaiah Moore is one I'm curious about. Mm. Isaiah Moore, because like he's a he's a he's played a ton of football, like a ton of football at North Carolina State. Uh he's a fantastic early down run defender. Obviously, there's some there's some blind spots with coverage, but as a communicator, as a leader, I I, I could see him getting some buzz. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Jack Cochran, but I think as a true linebacker, I think Isaiah Moore might even bring more than him. And if I think he can play on special teams at a high level. So like I could see I could see some of those kind of guys getting, you know, getting some sizzle here. You know, I I, I can see some of the and, and it's always fun to pay attention to. And guess what? When it happens, we'll probably talk about it because it's worth mm-hmm. kind of hey, look, there's there's some there's some buzz out there. The bottom of this roster, even though even though this is a championship football team, there are there are holes and there are opportunities at the bottom of this roster to impress Dave Tobe and help fill out the depth of this football team. And there's some intriguing players. The Chiefs have done a fantastic job giving themselves a lot of options and some intriguing players to kind of fill this roster out, be it undrafted free agents or day three classes the last couple of years, you name it. So I am uh, I'm very much paying attention uh, to just the sizzle that comes out from uh, uh, you know some of these national guys. And I think there's... I think there's some some decent candidates. Craig, are there any other storylines that you're kind of really wanting to pay attention to when it comes to this uh, this this OTA period? Yeah, I want to see how this team feels about their edge rushers. Uh, again, it's not something that you're going to look at and you're going to take a ton from because a lot of what they're going to do, especially with these young guys, it's going to be about technique. It's going to be about learning. It's going to be about you know 
what they can do with their hands, putting the footwork together, but a lot of it's going to be in pads. Like the question marks that we have about King Felix, about BJ Thompson come from the run game. Like that's not going to be something they're going to be drilling a ton of. And, and that, that that's going to be a camp thing that we'll get to see. It's those two guys. It's Truman Jones to, to Maddie's credit. He's, he's in the chat here, you know, but blowing everything up. I mean, Truman Jones out of Harvard, really sharp guy. Uh, we knew the Chiefs liked him going into the draft, and they they ended up being able to net him, you know, and as a UDFA. So uh, there's a lot of young swings at that edge position. How comfortable do they feel coming out of OTAs? You know, gonna are we going to get a couple days in and we're going to see a veteran added, which I mean we're fine with a Frank Clark, a Carlos Dunlap. That makes some sense with this roster and how young it is having a. a old guy in the room to kind of show him the ropes and teach him like we've seen over the past several years makes a ton of sense if they don't add a guy and they don't want to try and add one before camp i think that that should tell you something about that edge room and how steve spagnola really feels about it then all of a sudden as we talked about when we were doing the rookie preview stuff a couple was that last week week before something like that then all of a sudden maybe bj thompson has a much bigger role than we anticipate this season maybe truman jones has a much bigger role as a UDFA than we anticipate. Maybe Felix is just ready to be a guy that's starting day one. We'll see a lot of tells with this because, yes, they're just practicing drills. Yes, they're going through some of that. But those guys, those coaches know very quickly after they get their hands on these guys, hey, we know if this guy has it or not this season. We know how far away he's going to be. We know what he needs to grow and develop as. So, those are the sorts of conversations that are happening after OTAs with Brett Veach, with the scouting team, trying to tell them, hey, listen, we need another body here that can do X, Y, and Z. So if they don't add a guy, feel very good about the young guys. But if they do, don't panic, especially if it's one of those other guys that's just going to show them the ropes. Yeah, I can't remember if, if, if I mentioned this on The Lab or on 21 Questions, but like... Their decisions can be made about June one cuts for some teams based on mm-hmm. what they're seeing with their roster, with their young guys that are in the mix. And it's the kind of, the, it, it goes the other way. Teams can make it, like you said, teams can make a decision about maybe signing a Frank Clark or maybe not signing a Frank Clark because of what they're seeing from their young, you know, edge rushers, for instance. So, um, if they don't bring back Frank Clark, that means what BJ Thompson's putting some weight on. He's paying it, you know, he's holding, he's holding on, you know, there, there's, there's all kinds of potential reasons that, you know, if Frank Clark isn't, doesn't get signed in the near future, you know, or it, it maybe Frank Clark's just chilling, you know, who knows? Like, but if they don't sign, if they don't sign him before the season, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be kind of, I'm going to be attentive to that because, you know, that uh, that means that they really like what they have in that defensive end group. I really like the swings that they have. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Joe Colon get his hands on some of these guys. Felix, Andy DK, Zama, Truman Jones, BJ Thompson. That's that's a fun group of guys for for Joe Colon to get his hands on. Yeah. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see oh, that. Just, yeah, I know. I'm I'm really want to get out to camp early this season. I, I, I want to be out there a couple of times just to see Joe Cullen working with those guys this season. Like, listen, it was fun watching Clark work with Carl Loftus last year and Joe Cullen as well. Don't mean to discredit what Joe Cullen does in those drills as well. 
but it's really fun to watch those guys. If they don't have that veteran guy, I want to I want to see how Joe Cullen is bringing along these three young players that I, I feel really good about. And Coburn, you know, uh, BJ Thompson, and Felix Anaduke Azama. And, and I mean, we'll we'll throw Truman Jones in the mix there. Like the that's four good swings at that defensive line room. That I think could make a big impact quickly if you know that we see what Joe Cullen's done with these guys in the past. I'm ex- I'm genuinely excited for OTAs. I can't wait to overanalyze every single um, photo gallery that we get every single day from all these practices. Just always paying attention to whatever context clues that we can find out from the outside uh, because there definitely are going to be a few that are valid. And so it's worth paying attention to see who's talking about who and uh, who's getting the attention, who's getting the love, who's getting the sizzle. It's going to be. I do. I do want to bring this up. Zach Tuttle asked a very good question in the chat here. It says, you know, there's there's a lot of issues with special teams the whole year. What's the feeling with continuing with two? Uh, listen, this is where we're going to see a lot of that. This is where you're going to see them drilling a lot of OTAs and figuring out wh- who's going to contribute from a special teams perspective because that's going to build out that bottom of the roster. So all these guys that we're talking about have to contribute on special teams. They took some swings on some guys that are better special teams players than I think they did last year, and they made a concerted effort last year to try and get younger, cheaper, more cost-controlled, and things like that. It clearly affected the special teams reps. I really, truly, and honestly believe that. I think that it will be better this year, and I think it will be a pretty stark uptick for for him because he will have a couple of aces there. I mean, hey, I just mentioned Drew Tranquil as a special teams or as a linebacker guy that they'll love. They're gonna love him on special teams as well. Shamar Connor as well, Nick Jones as well. If he makes the roster, like those are three guys that I think I'm more confident in their special teams contributions than a lot of the guys that the Chiefs added last year. You know, in, in you know March April time frame there. So. I think that he's got a better group of players to work with that are going to contribute in other ways, not just special teams. But I think the special teams unit's going to be a lot better. And OTAs is going to be a time when they build all of that out and they figure all of that out because those guys don't click with Tobe. Like if a Nick Jones doesn't, not saying that that's rumor or anything we've heard, but if a Nick Jones doesn't, then all of a sudden that's a problem. Like then he's looking at the outside, looking in. Maybe they add another corner, you know, as a vet there. But I'm good with Tobe. I'm good with him sticking around. I, I'm willing to chalk last year up to a transitional period and special teams kind of being ignored a little bit in favor of trying to rectify some of the other positions on the roster. I, I have a I have one quick special teams thought. Um, but, Craig, what was the first year you remembered being a Chiefs fan? Uh, probably 19... 19- 86 7 8 somewhere like that wow it was before i was born so you've yes. you've been a chiefs fan for 36 years oh yeah and in 2013 the chiefs hired a special teamer what's his name a special teams coach what's his name oh uh dave tobe tobe god yeah, i know i said tube to, to start but i listen i corrected <laughs> myself Listen, when I when I said it the the second third fourth time um i know you emphasized it but <laughs> I did. Hey, I don't understand how this keeps happening because it just you don't happens. pull up and you don't pull up and call Steve Spagnolo Spagnola ever. 
but you no, just I don't. straight to like I think it was because you were reading it. Like we make fun of me for being a teleprompter reader. You oh, might yeah. be a teleprompter reader. No, I, I'm a super teleprompter reader when it comes to names. There, I'm just I'm gonna sound out every vowel possible, which is why names like Tano Passino is is so much easier because it's just been drilled into my head because it was it was you know not one that I could just sit and look at. Tabe, all right, real quick, just about the special teams. Yeah, I don't think the special teams was as good as it's been in recent memory. But I think no. I, I don't know if I want to completely blow the special teams. Like I, I, they had some return game problems as far as guys catching the football. Like that was a that was the biggest problem I think for the special teams last year. They had some missed field goals. They had some you know some the punting was largely pretty good. All that to say. I don't know. I, I think the totality of the special teams issues, yes, from a DVA perspective, they were more in the middle of the pack when it came to special teams. But I don't think it was like some grave issue that they were dealing with um, where it's just, you know, they're giving up big explosive plays in the return game left and right and stuff like that. So no. I think no, it just wasn't it wasn't as crisp. It wasn't as refined as it was. It's just understandable. Yeah, it was mental mistakes. It was things like that. It, it, because it was guys that weren't significant special teams contributors that were being thrust into that role a little bit more. And you kind of saw it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give it another year. You want to tell me that they don't look crisp again this year? Eh, maybe, maybe it's time to start having a conversation. But at the moment, I'm not willing to get too up in arms about Dave Tobe and his special teams. I just want to thank everybody that has been listening, everybody that's been watching on YouTube. This is the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later. Dave Tope. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus, KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.